Well, there is this continuing story of rising prices, which were very clear in the ISM numbers out of the US this morning. Demand might be rising, but so are costs. Still, the Fed is holding its resolve. There was a string of speakers towing the party line that it's not the time to talk tapering. Will it be a different story for the Bank of England, where there's a nation that's probably at herd immunity that's ready to spend up big? Does the bank really need to keep buying up bonds at the same rate? And Guy DeBell talking in Perth later. Housing permits as strong as ever in Australia. And the UK goes to the polls today. Could Scotland be heading for another independence referendum? It's Tuesday, the 6th of May, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, stocks are mixed today. The Nasdaq is down 0.3%, 0.3% up for the Dow. And we've got a 2% rise in the US stocks, 15 more than that for the DAX, and a 1.7% rise for the FTSE 100. The US dollar, well, it's moved up and down, but not much in either direction, really. It's effectively flat on the day. The Aussie has regained almost half a percent, just below 77.5 US cents. And the euro down a smidgen, the pound up a little bit. No great moves there. And US bond yields, no great moves there either. Down one basis point on uh, 10-year Treasury yields. Yields are up in Europe, three basis points on 10-year gilts in the UK. Uh, small falls in oil. WTI has hit the most, losing 0.4%. Copper and lumber rising sharply. Uh, this is a continuing story, isn't it? As demand picks up, lumber hit $1,600 per thousand board feet. That's how you measure it, apparently. Uh, however you measure it, 1600 was it was around 500 in November, and before the pandemic, the highest it ever got was 600 So uh, big prices there. In fact, the uh, NAHB chairman said it's added $24,000 to the cost of a new home in the United States since uh, the pandemic started. And copper is up over $4.50 per pound, which is a 10-year high and double what it was at the start of last year uh, and many commentators suspecting that it will go higher than that so rising prices that's a continuing story isn't it but let's start by looking at the services ism numbers from the states for april with gavin friend nab's senior market strategist in london and uh, the services bounce back not as quite as quick as anticipated those pmi numbers are lower than march i mean still expanding still over 50 of course so they're still expanding just uh, slowed a little bit this month yeah, good morning, Phil. That's right. I mean, the detail uh, looked a little bit worse. Business activity to 62.7 from 69.4. New orders to 63.2 from 67.2. I mean, these are still, still strong numbers, still strong readings, but I suspect for some, a little at odds with the fiscal support and, you know, the already uh, underway economic reopening. And of course, these PMIs are getting, you know, an unwanted prop from rising um, price pressures and disruptions. Um, so prices paid up to a new high of 76.8 from 74. Supplier deliveries are taking longer, ever longer, uh, thanks to uh, thanks to, to, to disruptions. Um, and so, you know, that's giving the um, that's giving those PMIs sort of. So unwanted levels of support, really, but uh, you know, not not for the right reasons. No, and inventory's down as well. You know, if you've got increasing demand, that's not what you want to see. No, it's not. Um, I mean, we should support point out that from a broader market context, I mean, the numbers we had in Europe earlier Wednesday were were okay. I mean, we we partially knew these anyway from the sort of preliminary numbers two weeks ago, but. Um, you know, and we know that the service sector in Europe had kind of regained the 50 break even. Um, the revisions we got on Wednesday to these flash readings showed strength in Spain, mild disappointment in Italy. But markets know both that, that manufacturing is driving the Eurozone economy and that 
we'll see more of a market pick up, um, of a marked pick up um, in activity as we go through the second quarter. Yeah, well, the services PMI Germany actually slid below 50, 49.9. So uh, we shouldn't get too upset about that. Let's go back to the United States, though. The ADP employment number last night, I think the expectation was that it would grow by 800,000 jobs. It uh, undershot that, 742,000 new jobs. So jobs are coming back, but they're but perhaps not fast enough. No, I mean not quite as solid as the as the consensus. The read through to Friday's um, U.S. non-farm payroll uh, report, of course, is what everybody wants. I mean, it isn't great. It isn't a strong and reliable relationship. But but ADP's pattern of uh, understating non-farm payroll jobs, you know, pretty much for the last year, does at least point to supporting the consensus view of around you know a million jobs created, um, you know, in April in the non-farm payroll. Um, that said, the range offered by economists polled runs from seven hundred thousand to two point one million. Um, so, uh, <laughs> good luck. Well, economists not agreeing with each other. That is an <laughs> well, enormous range, isn't it? <laughs> I think if we, if it is a whopper, you'd get you'd expect markets to react on the day. But but markets by now are coming uh, to understand. Jay Powell's Fed wants you know a string a string of such numbers, and he's he's um, you know he's after maximum employment not uh, not full employment and it, it seems that you know he's got the rest of the fed behind him apart from robert kaplan that we talked about yesterday saying you know, almost a lone voice that they need to move forward uh, on easing off on bond purchases because uh, you know early hours of this morning we had mester evans rosengren all towing the line saying let's not rush with with with, with tapering uh, you know let's wait and see if those employment numbers do kick up that, that that's right i mean you know i think there is a consistent pattern here that uh those current voting members of the FOMC are managing to stick to the, uh, you know, the, the party line um, and, you know, extolling the virtues of the idea that it's going to take some time before the US economy sees uh, a significant uh, marked improvement consistent with its, with, its, uh, with its goals. And I think that that message is getting through. But clearly, you know, this on-off relationship we have markets with risk and things is that everybody knows there's a bit of a gamble going on here. Nobody really knows what's going to happen to inflation. We know it's going to spike over the next few months for various reasons. The Fed has made it absolutely clear it's going to see through this and it thinks things will revert back to, you know, the prior uh, sub uh, 2% uh, levels after that period, but they don't know exactly when that's going to be. And so every time you get something such as those comments from Janet Yellen yesterday, which have now been downplayed, or you get something in a in a PMI report that shows prices rising, you know, it sets it sets nerves jangling. We're going to be going through this for a number of months and it's likely to get worse because the growth numbers and the price numbers are going to go high. Yeah, exactly. So that raises the question, what does the Bank of England, where do they go? Their decision's made at nine tonight, Australian Eastern time, uh, and we get the monetary policy report at the same time as well. No change is expected, but they must be looking at the the prospect of the UK economy kicking back in quite quickly as they ease lockdowns and, uh, you know, the majority now of the population having been vaccinated. Uh, I mean, there's a real chance the economy could come back strong. There is. Um, and, you know, if you look at the consensus estimates uh, on the Bloomberg survey um, for the UK this year, it's it's running at around about five and a half percent. That's what the World Bank thinks as well. So that's somewhere lower than the US, but higher than Europe. But if you look at next year, We've got the UK um, coming in again above 5% and that will be above a 4% or so reading in the US and, and the Eurozone that that, uh, that the consensus is looking for. Don't forget 
the Office of Budget Resp- Responsibility, which uh, you know is responsible for the independent forecasts in the UK, they're looking for a chunky 7.3% next year. You've got outgoing Bank of England economist Andy Haldane looking for over potentially up to 7% this year. I think it's, it's clear that the skew here is to the upside. We're going to hear from the Bank of England today in this as it runs the slide rule over its growth and inflation numbers. There's going to be higher numbers on both. We don't quite know what they're going to be, but they will definitely be higher. And then it goes to that whole idea of does the bank need to continue purchasing gilts at the current level it is. At the moment, it's buying roughly $4.4 billion a week. On the current run rate, it's going to hit its $875 billion gilt total, uh, which it didn't want to get to until December, probably by the end of September. So there's um, a minority, I think, looking for the bank to kind of slow that pace as early as today. It may well be the case. It's a bit of a line ball call. I suspect, though, that uh, they might just carry on, give the economy the support that it, that it may still need because we are in uncertain times. And then if they hit their target earlier, they can then sit back and um, they'll con- continue to invest the maturing uh, gilts and uh, see how she goes from there. All right. Well, Guy de Bell talking in Perth today. So is he going to add any extra colour to the statement made by the RBA on Tuesday, in particular over its bond buying? Well, that's the that's the that's the question, isn't it? Um, the background, of course, is you know we saw earlier in the week the RBA upgraded its economic growth uh, forecasts, lowered its unemployment forecasts, and take account of the better than expected sort of rebound, but also continue with its guidance of not really looking to change the cash rate until 2024 at the earliest. And we already know that the the bank will wait until July to review its unconventional monetary policy and including a decision on the April 2024 bond. So, <clears throat> you know, we're all going to be listening intently to, uh, to, 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 to the deputy governor, but whether we get anything meaningful is uh, is an open question. And look, we've got to, we've got New Zealand building permits today. Uh, I'm not quite sure what's a good number on this. Whether it, if it goes down, does it mean the government's policy is is working, or is it going to push prices higher, which is what the government policy is supposed to be stopping? So I'm not sure on that. But look, uh, building permits in Australia yesterday, uh, two months of very high growth we've had. In fact, if you look at the trend, it's difficult to imagine that there's been a pandemic. So <clears throat> the thing is, March was the last month for eligibility into the federal government's home builder program. So It'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, in the April numbers. Maybe they'll they'll, they'll soften a bit, but perhaps developers are becoming more yeah, optimistic. Perhaps. And today, finally, uh, look, the UK goes to vote. Uh, local elections, the parliamentary elections, this is the key thing, isn't it, for Scott? Well, it's going to be interesting in the local elections to see how Hartlepool does, because that was sort of like the, the heartland for Brexit. So how are they feeling about that a few months in? Uh, but also the uh, the parliamentary elections for Scotland and Wales. The big question is, uh, will the, uh, the uh, Scottish National Party gain ground in Scotland with the promise of another independence referendum? Could, could the prospect of a, and if that does happen, the prospect of a, a more disunited United Kingdom, could that hit the pound, do you think, in the next day or so? Of course it could, but this is a very long-burning story. It's got such a long way to go to get to that point. I think if um, if, if we, when the results on the Scottish election are known at the weekend, Saturday or Sunday, <clears throat> it is clear then that the SNP has a majority, either on its own right or via support from the Greens and others, then we might start to see a slightly weaker pound uh, on a knee-jerk reaction at the start of next week. Um, but there's still such a long way to go there. It's in the Prime Minister's gift to, to initially say no on 
a referendum. Um, the other point is, as you mentioned, the Hartlepool by-elections. It's not impossible that the Tories do well here. And then the question is going to be um, how, it, how, how effective is Labour is the Labour leader Keir Starmer? And, and actually, Boris gets a bit of a bit of a bit of relief, uh, on, you know, from the spotlight on. You know uh, all the stuff about sleaze and what have He's you. He's Teflon, Mister um, Teflon, and, and, and nothing sticking yeah, to him. Indeed, he would he would have seen to have done quite well here. So I mean, I think you know we we, we do have a view. The, the potential breakup of 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 the, of the UK of the United Kingdom of the Union. You know, there's a debate going on with Wales. There's a debate going on with Northern Ireland. I mean, I mean that's 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 something that no prime minister can survive. But it's such there's so many steps of, to, to get to that point. It would be. You know, so so you can see a, a sort of a knee jerk reaction, and then markets will probably stabilise because they realise there's a number of hurdles to go through, uh, and it's not at all baked in the cake. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's just like Brexit, it's never going to happen, is it? Uh, <laughs> good to talk. Uh, we'll catch you again soon. Thanks, Thanks Gavin. Cheers. The United Kingdom of London and the home counties is that, is that where it's going to end up? That's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.